Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you on a Tuesday this week, so a day earlier than usual. Oh, with good reason. Number one, it just happened to fit my schedule a little bit better. Number two, if you paid attention to the last podcast, uh, if you just happened to listen to the podcast on Saturday night, Sunday morning, you might have been listening to some of the lines I gave out, and you're like, wait a minute, that line's totally different than it was. Uh, Lines moving all over the place last week, so get your bets in early. If you see a line that you like early in the week, don't think on it. Fire away early because you might not get great closing line value, particularly when you look at that Saints-Packers game. When I gave out that Saints pick, the Saints teaser, I gave out this, uh, the Saints at plus two and a half. The Saints were minus two and a half by the time kickoff rolled around. And of course, that ended with the Packers one point win. So there was winning and losing tickets on both sides. There was winning and losing Saints tickets. There was winning and losing Packers tickets. So make sure you're getting good closing line value. If you see a line move two to three points, don't just be like, oh, I have to get it that bet in anyway. Sometimes Sometimes, if you didn't get the best value, sometimes it's best to stay away. That is the moral of the story there. But now we're giving out these picks on a Tuesday. So hopefully uh, you can get this listen in pretty early on and get good value before these lines get too sharp. Nine and eight last week against the spread. I did give out an extra pick in the Patriots-Jets game. I gave out a pick on the side and total and hit both of those. So that allowed us to improve on our eight and eight record from last week. Nine and eight this week. Let's jump right in to where I got it right. Nine winners to get to this week. Ten if you count the teaser of the week. I gave out the Lions minus three. And I said on the podcast last week that I like this Lions run defense. I don't think... The Atlanta Falcons and Desmond Ritter can take advantage of the weakness in their secondary. Ended up being 100% right, 20-6. to six. The Falcons unable to find the end zone. The Lions win this game with ease. Uh, Desmond Ritter is a bad quarterback. There was a lot of really bad quarterback play on Sunday, whether it was Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter. I'll even throw my guys, uh, Dak Prescott and Trevor Lawrence, guys that I'm high on. They did not have good games either. Uh, we saw Sam Howell play really bad. Uh, this was... Just a really bad game from Desmond Ritter, and I don't think we've seen enough good from him to wash away how bad this game was. Um, I just don't think he has it, and I think the Falcons are going to be going in a different direction next season. I gave out the under 42 in the Saints-Packers game. This line bounced all over the place. Like I said, there was winning and losing tickets on both sides of this one. Uh, The Saints really fell off a cliff once Derek Carr left this game with injury, um, which doesn't bode well for them because Jameis Winston is going to be the starter for this foreseeable future. But the under here cashes with ease, and they were also the first leg of the teaser of the week. I teased them from 2.5 up to plus 8.5, and and even though though they lose the game, they do cover the teaser leg. The other half of the teaser of the week was the Steelers to plus 8.5, and and I also gave out the under in that game. That cashes as well with a 23-18 to final. They did get lit up uh, by Devontae Adams, but he was the only person on the Raiders offense that decided to show up. Uh, 13 catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns, 20 targets. So uh, he was the Raiders offense. He almost won them the game single-handedly, but at the end, the Steelers defense able to close it out with that interception of Jimmy Garoppolo. I gave out the Patriots minus two and a half and the under 36 and a half. This was a double play against Zach Wilson. It proves to be right. Mac Jones on the other side was not very good. Ramondre Stevenson, not very good either, but Zeke, uh, 
did give this offense a little bit of a jolt uh, between him and the Patriots defense. They uh, come up with just enough for a 15-10 to 10 victory to help the Patriots minus 2.5 and the under 36.5 cash. I gave out the Texans-Jags over 43.5, and I could not figure out why this total was sitting so low. I thought maybe I was you know, reading too much into it. Maybe, you know, maybe this Jags defense is better than I thought. Nope. CJ Stroud absolutely picks them apart. Tank Dell with a huge game, a 37-17 victory for the Texans as a 10-point underdog. As I said, this Jaguars secondary is absolutely atrocious. D'Amico Ryans had this young Texans defense playing well. They get a couple turnovers from Trevor Lawrence, and uh, things looking a little bleak there in Jacksonville after uh, they closed the season last year with such high hopes getting to the divisional round and you know pushing the eventual Super Bowl champions to the brink. But uh, the start of this season, not going very well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I gave out the under in the Bucks eagles game. And this cash with ease, this 46 was just way too high. It feels like the books just hadn't caught up yet to how good this Eagles defense was. And I think this Bucks defense is pretty good in their own right as well. Couldn't figure out why this total uh, was sitting so high. This was one of the easier bets of the week. I gave out the Bengals minus two and a half. And luckily I gave this play out early. As I said, uh, get these bets in early before Joe Burrow is ruled eligible to play. This ends up going up to three, three and a half in some spots. And if you got that, you would have lost because this was a 19 to 16 final. But when I gave it out of the podcast, it was Bengals minus two and a half. So I'm going to take that as a win. And of course, saving the best for last, I gave out the Dolphins minus six and a half. And I kept saying, I don't care that the line stinks. I don't care that all the bets are on the Dolphins. This Broncos team stinks to high heaven. Uh, The books got this one entirely wrong. This should have been a 14-point line. This game was in Miami. This line made absolutely no sense. The betting public was all over it, and they were right on this one. A 70-20 final score. The Miami Dolphins could have hung an NFL record 73 points on the Denver Broncos. They decide to be nice and take their foot off the throat at the end and not kick the field goal to put up 73 but that is going to do it for where i got it right we will take a quick break and come back with where i got it wrong you can't win them all eight losers to get to this week i started out the week with a doozy i gave out the giants plus 10 and a half and yeesh I'm sorry for that one. That was a bad call on my part. I was trying to get too cute. I was like, oh, everybody's going to be on the Niners. Sometimes you overthink it. And uh, speaking of overthinking it, I gave out the Titans plus three and a half against this really tough Cleveland Browns front. The Titans have a putrid offensive line. Uh, The only time they're going to be able to compete in games this year is when they play teams like the Chargers who have weak fronts. Uh, If they play a team with a stop defensive front, this offensive line simply cannot hold up. I gave out the over 54 in Vikings Chargers, and this one really should have been a a win, a 28-14 final. And Kirk Cousins at the end of this game, um, I don't know what he's doing not running up and spiking the ball at the end of the game there. They let like 15 seconds run off the clock, then they have to hastily snap the ball, ends up throwing a pick in the end zone. Granted, it wasn't his fault, but the offense was scattered. The ball hits the receiver in the hands. You have to spike it there. You have to get a better play call in. I I don't understand the clock management there, and it costs us the over, so I'm a little bit upset uh, with the Chargers. I gave out the over in the Bills-Commanders game, and My reasoning behind this was, I see the Bills putting up 30-something points. I was right there. The Bills put up 37. Unfortunately, the Commanders only put up three points. If they had had just put up seven points, this over cashes. 
the Commanders absolutely no help. Sam Howe with the worst game of his career, his first career loss, and uh, things not looking good in Washington. I know a lot of people were excited about the 2-0 start, but the uh, the Buffalo Bills bringing them back down to earth. I gave out the Ravens minus 7.5, and, and I really started hating this play as the week progressed, and we found out how many guys were going to be out to injury for the Ravens. Uh, they end up losing this game outright. Now, granted, they shouldn't have lost this game outright. The spread, you know what, hey, if you, if you bet the Ravens minus 7.5, you deserve to lose. If you had Ravens money line or the Ravens in an eliminator or you're just a Ravens fan, you have an absolute gripe with how this game ended. Number one, um, I don't know what Zay Flowers is doing, calling fair catch on the safety punt when he could have run. It was on the other side of the two-minute warning. I think it was 2.03 left in the game. You basically gave the Colts a free timeout that they used to get back in this game. If you return that punt, you go, it, the, it goes to the two-minute warning and the Colts lose that clock stoppage. Uh, number two, there was absolutely 100% defensive pass interference on that fourth down in overtime. The guy tackled, I mean, there was an, essentially a tackle before the ball got to the receiver. Don't know what the refs are doing there. That flag gets thrown 100 times out of 100, uh, except for this time, apparently. Uh, the Ravens got screwed. Um, sorry if you're a Ravens fan. <laughs> I gave out the Panthers plus six, and this was just the wrong call. Um, yet again, I tried to get too cute, just like I did with the Giants. This was a bad play on my part. Um, I will not be having money on the Panthers again in the near future. I gave out the Cowboys minus 12 and a half, and there's really nothing to say about this game. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, I was embarrassed. <laughs> um, I started ignoring a lot of text of people trolling me. And uh, look, you're down three offensive linemen. I get it. You're supposed to beat the damn Arizona Cardinals. Uh, now, granted, the Arizona Cardinals might be better than we thought. It's still Josh Dobbs at quarterback and a bunch of no names on defense. You, you're supposed to win that game. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, be better. Uh, that is going to do it for where I got it wrong. We'll take one more quick break and come back and give out my picks for week four. Thursday night football, it is going to be the Lions taking on the Packers. The Packers, a one-point underdog at home for this one. That is right. The Lions are favored in Lambeau Field, the over-under sitting at 45. Green Bay coming off of an ugly win against the Saints, a missed field goal at the end helping their cause, and of course, the injury to Derek Carr. This run game got absolutely stifled. Uh, Jordan Love has looked pedestrian since week one. He had that great start against the Chicago defense, but I think everyone's just going to look like that against Chicago because he's looked very mediocre since. And like I said in the open, this Lions run defense is excellent. They stifled a Falcons offense that was averaging over five yards per carry and averaging over 170 yards per game in their first two games. Against the Lions, they have 20 carries for 44 yards. This Lions run defense has absolutely shut down everybody that they've played. Um, I don't like having money on Jared Goff in Lambeau Field, but if you remember, he was able to go in there in week 18 last, last year with nothing to play for and knock the Packers out of the playoffs. So give me the Lions minus one here. I know that it's the road team on Thursday night football, but this Lions run D is good. The Packers uh, have not been able to get the run game going since Aaron Jones went down. I don't know if he's going to be able to come back on a short week this week, but even if he does, he's going to be hobbled. I also like the under 45 in this game. So two plays for this one, Lions minus one and the under 45. Our next game is going to be the first London game of the year. It is the Falcons taking on the Jaguars. This is the Jaguars' 10th game in London, by the way. The Jags a three-point favorite 
in London, aka at home. This is this counts as a home game for the Jags, and for the Jaguars, it actually is a home game because, like I said, this is their tenth trip. The other teams who have their quote unquote home games counted in London kind of get screwed, but for the Jaguars, it actually is beneficial to them. Uh, the over under sitting at forty three and a half. As I said, this is in London. The Jaguars got absolutely picked apart by C.J. Stroud last week. Tank Dell had a huge game. But this is the same thing that the Falcons ran into last week. This is a team in the Jaguars that is susceptible to getting picked apart through the air. They have a pretty stout front, a pretty good run D. The Falcons are not going to be able to take advantage of that. So yet again, I'm going to fade the Falcons here. They don't have a passing game. I'm going to take the Jags minus three. I'm also going to take the under 43 and a half. This Falcons offense is just incredibly one-dimensional. I know the Jaguars looked awful last week, and I'm not high on their prospects for the future, as at least not as high as a lot of people are who, who picked them to win this division, but I think they're going to win this game. It's just a bad matchup for the Falcons. Like I said, this one-dimensional offense and that one dimension is something the Jags are strong against. They are, they are not equipped to take advantage of the Jags' weak secondary, so I think you see a bounce-back game here from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this Jags defense holds this Falcons run game in check. Give me the Jags minus three. Um, make me pick a side on the total. I'm not making an official play, but I also do like the under 43 and a half. That is going to take us on to the normal Sunday afternoon games. And we're going to do these in descending order, starting with my favorite game and going down. There are some stinkers on the slate this week that we want to bury deep, deep in this podcast. But you have to have to have to start with the game of the week, the game of the year, the Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, a two and a half point favorite at home in this one, the over under sitting at 53 and a half. Tua Tagovailoa, the MVP favorite. The Buffalo Bills came off of that crushing loss in week one on Monday Night Football. They've had two blowout wins since then. Uh, Tua one and four against the Bills, by the way. But the Bills on the other side nearly choked the game away in the playoffs to a Miami team that didn't even have Tua. So uh, it could go either way here. Miami, the hottest team in the league. Like I said, the Bills bounced back from that disaster in week one. I think the Bills at home here are definitely going to be the more desperate team. They absolutely cannot afford to drop this game. They already have a loss in the division, uh, that week one loss to the Jets. So losing this game, they would essentially be three games back in the division because right now the Dolphins have a one game lead the Bills lose this game they have a loss in hand to the Dolphins and another loss in the division when you look at the Miami Dolphins I don't see them losing a game to the Jets or the Patriots so that would lock in the tiebreaker for Miami so the Bills would essentially be three games back so they have to have to win this game the public I think is going to be all over the Dolphins and the Bills are just a step up in class from what the Dolphins have played uh, the Dolphins have played the Chargers and the Broncos two of the worst defenses in the league and then they paid the Patriots and the Patriots Patriots played them tough when we saw this Patriots defense slow down this high-powered offense. Of course, on the other side, the Bills have not exactly had a murderer's row playing the Jets, the Commanders, and the Las Vegas Raiders. So a step up in class for both teams. We could dive through all the stats. Both teams' stats are going to look great, particularly the Bills defense and, the Mi- and Miami's offense. So you could beat the stats to death, but I really don't think they mean anything going up against each other because, like I said, uh, both teams are just a different class from what the other team's opponents have been this year. So this is one of those games that I just want to sit back and watch, uh, grab my popcorn, grab a beer, and just enjoy some great football. This is uh, two Super Bowl contenders. Uh, The winner's going to be in first place in the AFC East. Uh, Give me the Bills minus two and a half. The total's a little bit too high for me to touch, but I also don't want to have the under in any Miami Dolphins game. So I'm going to take the Bills minus two and a half just because, like I said, I think the public's going to be all over the Dolphins. And I think the Bills 
are going to be the more desperate team. Now, I talked about lines moving throughout the week. I think you could see this Bills line uh, creep closer to minus one or even a pick em. I think you could see a lot of money pouring in on the Dolphins. So if you like the Bills like I do, maybe wait uh, to put this play in. And that is going to move us on to another game uh, that is for first place in a division. It is the Ravens taking on the Browns. The Browns, a two and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 41. And for the third straight year, the Baltimore Ravens absolutely decimated with injury. Odell Beckham Jr., Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Lindebaum. Justice Hill, J.K. Dobbins, and that's just on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, They went into last week without those guys, and then last week you have Gus Edwards and Rashad Bateman get hurt. You go over to the defensive side of the ball, Aldarius Washington, Marlon Humphrey, Odafi Owe, Tyus Bowser, Marcus Williams all missed last week, and then you had Geno Stone and David Ajabo both go down last week. So hopefully the Ravens are getting some of these guys back, but right now the story is uh, the injury is just crushing this Ravens team. Now, they're still sitting at 2-1, and one, but there's no way they lose that game to the Colts without those injuries. So, the, uh, already rearing its ugly head yet again, this injury bug for the Baltimore Ravens. On the other side, this Browns defense has been absolutely stellar, but I'm taking it with a grain of salt because they faced a bad offensive line in every game they played, particularly last week against this putrid Tennessee Titans offensive line. Uh, the Browns were just kind of a perfect matchup last week for the Titans, and uh, you especially after Nick Chubb goes down. The Titans are a team that you cannot run on, but you can air it out. They have a bad secondary. So they allow Deshaun Watson to have his first game in over two years. Good for him. Is he going to be able to do that against a division rival under some pressure? I'm not so sure. I think both offenses are going to have trouble moving the ball in this game. Uh, the, the Ravens, because of that stout Browns front, front. The Browns, because they no longer have Nick Chubb. And I still don't trust Deshaun Watson just because he had a great game against the worst secondary in the league. So I'm going to play the under 41 here. And you can already guess the direction I'm going in here. We have a low total. We have a spread sitting at two and a half. This is where we are going to start the teaser of the week. Teaser of the week. That is right. The teaser of the week got back on track the last two weeks after the week one loss. Now two and one on the season. We are going to tease the Ravens up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. As I always say, you got to identify those key numbers. We're getting through the three. We're getting through the seven. This is a game with a low total. Those six points, incredibly valuable. Give me the Ravens plus eight and a half to start the teaser of the week. The next game we're going to get to is the second leg of the teaser of the week, and it is the Washington Commanders taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, a eight and a half point favorite at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 44 and a half. And of course, Sam Howe, as I said, came crashing back down to earth against the Bills last week. And this Eagles defense on the other side has been the reason for their 3-0 start. The offense hasn't been as dynamic as it was last year, but this defense still just as good. Of course, remember the Commanders did win in Philly last season, handed the Eagles their first loss. I just don't see that happening. This Eagles defense is playing absolutely incredible. And on the other side, the Commanders have scored 18 points off of turnovers uh, in their first two games. We saw last week zero points off of turnovers. So a, a team that's heavily reliant on the other team turning the ball over the Eagles, not a very turnover prone team. They take care of the ball pretty well. So I like my main play for this game is going to be on the under. Like I said, this Eagles offense has not been as dynamic as it was last year. Uh, but the defense is playing really well. This commander's defense is pretty good, so I think this is a low-scoring game. I know you saw them give up 37 to the Bills last week, but 
that had a lot to do with the Sam Howell turnover. So I think this defense does hold their own against the Eagles, but I do think the Eagles win this game. So the second leg of the teaser of the week is to tease the Eagles down from minus 8.5 to minus 2.5. In a game with a total this low, I know the Eagles are far and away the better team here. 8.5 points is just a lot of points to lay in a game that I expect to be lower scoring. So uh, that's why I'm grabbing those 6 points with the teaser here. Our next game is the Bucks taking on the Saints. The Saints, a three-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 39.5. Derek Carr is out for this one. Jameis Winston, his first start in, and I don't know how long, was it been two years, is coming against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is going to be a Jameis revenge game. I am calling it now. Uh, these are two stout defenses, both top 10 in points per game allowed, but... Uh, We've come a long way with this rivalry. Uh, just what, two, three years ago, this was Breeze versus Brady, and now we're down to Jameis versus Baker. Uh, uh, the main thing for me here is that Alvin Kamara is coming back, and I think he's going to give a huge boost to this Saints offense. I know that uh, Jameis doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, but when he's getting Alvin Kamara back with fresh legs, Chris Alave, Michael Thomas, I just like that a little bit better than what the Bucks have going on. I know Baker has been playing better. I know that Mike Evans has been playing out of his mind, but I just like the offense on the Saints better. I like the Saints home field advantage. We've seen this Saints defense absolutely stifled the Bucks, even when they had Tom Brady. I don't think that's going to change with Baker Mayfield. So give me the Saints minus three. I also like the under in this game. Just uh, the total is really low. So giving it out as official play is scaring me a little bit. But if you wanted to put some money on this under, I would not be mad at that at all. That is going to move us on to the Rams taking on the Colts. The Colts, a one point favorite at home for this one. The over under sitting at 46 and a half. And I'm calling this one the Marshall Falk Bowl. Uh, Marshall Falk, of course, having a great career uh, between playing for these two teams. Uh, both teams are coming off of games where the total landed below 40. So why is this total sitting at 46 and a half? I can't really bring myself to play a side on this game. I think the Colts are a little bit overvalued coming off of that win against a depleted Ravens team. And like I said, they were a, a missed PI call away from losing that game. On the other side, the Rams are coming off of a short week. We just saw Matthew Stafford kind of play a bad game against the Bengals defense. But of course, Lou Anarumo, he's going to do that to a lot of quarterbacks. But Matthew Stafford, he's he's looked better than I've expected him to. I have to give him that. I thought that he was shot with the with the elbow and back injuries, but he has looked good. He has some unexpected weapons with Tutu Atwell and, of course, Puka. So I like the Rams plus one, but my main play for this one is going to be the under 46.5. It doesn't smell right, but I just can't see this being a very high-scoring game, especially if Garner Minshew is back at the helm, he's going to play a more of a ball control offense. I know if you see Anthony Richardson play in this game, maybe you could see uh, some more explosive plays, maybe even a few more turnovers. So maybe the total reflecting an Anthony Richardson return. But as of now, um, I'm not expecting him to play. If he plays, then I guess my play will be Rams plus one. If he doesn't, then I'm going to stick to this under 46 and a half. That is going to move us on to the Patriots taking on my Dallas Cowboys uh, coming off of a huge, huge letdown game as a 13-point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cowboys a 7-point favorite in this one, the over-under sitting at 42 and a half. And this Cowboys red zone offense has been absolutely pathetic. I know they were down three starting offensive linemen last week, but that's just not explain how bad this red zone offense 
offense has been just unable to punch the ball into the end zone. Dak Prescott's playing way too conservative for me. I've seen a lot, not just in the red zone, just overall. I'm seeing a lot of checks, check downs on third and long. It seems like he's very apprehensive about the interception numbers last year, and he's trying not to turn the ball over. I think this offense has been way too reliant on Tony Pollard. He's gotten 30 touches per game over the last two. I think Belichick can see, if I can see it, you know Bill Belichick can see it. I think he keys on Tony Pollard. You see him do this. He keyed on Tyreek Hill against the Dolphins. That's why Raheem Mostert had that big game. So I I would load up on CeeDee Lamb, except for the fact that Christian Gonzalez is a solid corner, and I think he's going to be able to do a good job on him. This Patriots offense has been bad, though. They don't inspire any confidence. So I like the matchup with the Patriots defense against this Cowboys offense, at least the way that it's looked so far. I don't like this Patriots offense, so I'm giving out a lot of these this week, but I'm going right back to the well. Give me the under 42 and a half. Uh, twist my arm, make me pick a side. I'll take the points with the Patriots. I think this is a uh, 20 to 17 Cowboys win. So I like the under. That's going to be my official play. Uh, not an official play. Twist my arm and make me pick a side. I'll take the Patriots plus seven. I think that's the first time this year I picked against the Cowboys. So maybe going for a little bit of reverse psychology there. That is going to move us on to the Steelers taking on the Texans. The Texans, a three-point underdog at whom the over-under sitting at 42. The Steelers offense saw a slight bounce back last week against the Raiders. On the other side, C.J. Stroud, even though this team lost the first two weeks, you could just see it. He looked poised, and last week it all came to fruition. He comes out with a big game, getting his first career win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's looked really poised, but look, it's still a rookie QB going up against this vaunted Steelers defense. There's no Devontae Adams on the other side to have 13 catches for 172 yards and two TDs. Even Brandon Ayuk, who had eight for 129 and two TDs against this Steelers defense. Uh, I don't. I like Tank Dell. I like Nico Collins. I don't think that they are going to be able to do what Brandon Ayuk and Devontae Adams did to the Steelers secondary. So give me the Steelers minus three here. I think this defense comes to play, and I think they get the win against the Texans, who might be getting a little bit overvalued um, after that big win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, a a Jacksonville Jaguars team that I don't think is very good. That is going to move us on to the Raiders taking on the Chargers. The Chargers, a five and a half point favorite at home for this one, the over under 47 and a half and two absolutely horrendous defenses, two absolutely horrendous coaches. I think you're going to see Devontae Adams absolutely eat this Chargers secondary alive. I think you're going to see Justin Herbert absolutely pick apart this Raiders secondary. Four of the last six matchups between these two teams have gone over. No Mike Williams. I don't think that matters. This Chargers offense still has plenty of weapons. Justin Herbert is going to find them. Both teams put up points in this one. Give me the over 47 and a half. Not touching the side. There's no way in the world I'm laying five and a half points with the Cardinals, but I also am not going to put my money on the Raiders either. So over 47 and a half is going to be the play here. And that is going to take us on to the Bengals taking on the Titans. The Titans, a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home, the over-under sitting at 41. Uh, Joe Burrow still really doesn't look like himself despite the win, but this Titans secondary, as I said, is absolutely pitiful. They made Deshaun Watson look good for the first time in two-plus years. On the other side, you've got Lou Anarumo against Ryan Tannehill. I think the Bengals look like the Bengals again. You see them 
pick apart this terrible Titans secondary. They're not going to be able to run the ball. You cannot run the ball on this Titans team, but the Bengals have the horses to air it out. I think you see a lot of Higgins, a lot of Chase, a lot of Burrow. Give me the Bengals minus two and a half. This play is square as can be. I will 100% admit that. It looks like the books are begging you to take the Bengals, but we saw this last week. We saw it with the Dolphins. A lot of people got scared off of taking the Dolphins. The books love the Broncos. Books aren't always right. Sometimes you overthink things. Just pick the better team. That's what I'm doing here. The Bengals are the better team. They only got to win by a field goal. Give me the Bengals minus two and a half. That is going to take us on to the Cardinals taking on the 49ers. The 49ers, a 14-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 44. And the Cardinals last week, it really seemed like they played like it was their Super Bowl. But I kind of think they shot their load. I think they're, you know, that was that was their Super Bowl, like I said. And I think they're going to crash back down to earth here on the other side. Uh, this offense for the 49ers is an absolute machine. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle are going to be too much. Like I said, it's, it's an absolute machine. I think they have a carnival ride operator uh, <laughs> operating the machine, but it doesn't matter because he's good enough with these guys. He can throw a screen. Uh, Brock Purdy, you guys know, I'm not sold on him, but he can throw these screen passes out to Debo and hit Ayuk on a five-yard slant, watch him take it 70 yards. He could dump it off to CMC and watch him juke and jive, and they make Brock Purdy look good, and that's all this offense needs to operate. Uh, 49ers minus 14. I'm not overthinking it. I know this is a lot of points to lay, but like I said, uh, I think this Cardinals team is coming off an emotional upset win of my Dallas Cowboys and I think the 49ers get the better of that they catch the Cardinals coming off that high and they wipe the floor with them uh, to the tune of a let's say 31 to 10 type of final that is going to move us on to the Vikings taking on the Panthers the Panthers a three and a half point underdog at home the over under sitting at 45 and a half and this is a do or die game for the Minnesota Vikings they're 0 and 3 all one score games of course after going 11 and 0 in one score games last year the Panthers 0-3 and they have looked lost and overmatched in every game that they've played the Vikings might be 0-3 but they don't have any losses in the division they still have two games left against the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers the teams that they're chasing they still have two games left against the Chicago Bears which you can count as pretty much automatic wins but they do have upcoming games against the San Francisco 49ers and against the Kansas City Chiefs so if the Vikings have any shot any shot at getting their season back on track. They have to, have to, have to take care of business against the Panthers. That's what they do here. Give me the Vikings minus three and a half. That is going to take us on to the Chiefs taking on the Jets. The Jets, a nine and a half point favorite at home for this in the over-under sitting at 42 and a half. And this Chiefs defense gets yet another easy quarterback matchup in Zach Wilson. It's the best quarterback in the league against the worst quarterback in the league. The Jets still refusing to add a quarterback to start over Zach Wilson. They go out and they sign Trevor Simeon. Oh, yeah, he's going to be the answer. you got to have Trevor Simeon sitting behind Zach Wilson. That's going to inspire confidence. All the quarterbacks that they could be going after, trading for a guy. Uh, There's a lot of noise about possibly Kirk Cousins going to the Jets. I just don't see it. I don't understand how they could possibly fit his salary uh, under their cap. I don't see that coming. I thought the move was a guy like Minshew or a guy like a Carson Wentz, but nope, they're going to keep sticking with Zach Wilson. As long as they stick with Zach Wilson, I'm going to be betting against this Jets team. Give me the Chiefs uh, minus nine and a half. Yes, I know it's on the road. Yes, I know this Jets defense is really good, but this Chiefs defense is really good, and Zach Wilson is really bad. Uh, 
The Jets would be lucky to put up 10 points in this game. Give me the Chiefs. Minus nine and a half. That is going to take us on to the primetime games. That is the Seahawks. Excuse me. This Chiefs-Jets game is a primetime game. That is a Sunday night football game. The Monday night football game, I forgot. Uh, there's two games left on my list. Uh, one of them was just so bad, I had to save it for last. Uh, Monday night football, the Seahawks taking on the Giants. The Giants, a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 47. And this Giants offense just looks broken. Uh, Darren Waller is not the savior that he was supposed to be. They have no pass catchers. Saquon Barkley still not back. The Seahawks defense has been bad, but the Seahawks offense has bounced back. Geno having two good games in a row after looking really bad in week one versus the Ram. And by the way, that Rams loss not looking as bad now after the Rams held their own against the Bengals and the 49ers, uh, two Super Bowl contenders. Daniel Jones has no help, plus it seems like that he's kind of regressed to his old self. I'm not overthinking this one. Give me the Seahawks, minus one and a half. The final game of the week, the worst, stinkiest, ugliest game that you're ever going to watch. I can barely call these two teams NFL teams. The Broncos taking on the Bears. The Bears, a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 46. I think these are the two worst teams in the NFL. They lost by a combined 81 points last week, and that's only because the Bears scored a garbage-time touchdown, by the way. Uh, this might be the best chance either team has to get to get a win this season. <laughs> Russell Wilson has looked bad. Justin Fields has looked worse. Both defenses have been absolutely pathetic. Give me the Bears plus three and a half just because whoever was favored in this game, I was probably going to go the other way. This game's in Chicago. Uh, The Bears haven't won a game in almost a year. I think this is the game they finally get their win against this putrid Broncos squad. The Broncos fall to 0-4 and lose the turd bowl to the Chicago Bears. Uh, Give me the Bears plus three and a half. That is going to do it for my picks. Uh, Just to recap... I like the Lions minus one against the Packers, the Jags minus three, and the under 43.5 against the Falcons. I like the Bills minus two and a half against the Dolphins. I like the under in the Ravens Browns game. I also am teasing the Ravens from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. I like the under in the Commanders Eagles game. That's under 44 and a half. I'm also teasing the Eagles from minus eight and a half down to minus two and a half. I like the Saints minus three against the Bucks. I like the Rams plus one against the Colts and the under 46 and a half in that game as well. I like the Patriots plus seven and the under 42 and a half against the Cowboys. I like the Texans, excuse me, the Steelers minus three against the Texans. I like the over 47 and a half in the Raiders Chargers game. I like the Bengals minus two and a half against the Titans. Give me the 49ers minus 14 against the Cardinals. The Vikings minus three and a half against the Panthers. The Chiefs minus nine and a half against the Jets. And I misspoke earlier, by the way. It is the Seahawks plus one and a half, not minus one and a half. The Seahawks underdogs in that game. The Seahawks plus one and a half against the Giants and the Bears plus three and a half against the Broncos. Uh, That is going to do it for the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you guys next week.